Well, good morning, church family, both in person and online. Uh, It's good to be together here. I hope you had a festive Christmas this past uh, week, this past Friday. We had Ben, our son, older son, our daughter-in-law, Ablaza, and our uh, grandchildren, Audrey and Elias, over. We enjoyed the day. We read Christmas story. We opened gifts. We had brunch. Audrey's five. Elias is two. I think they were just overwhelmed by the day, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, My two-year-old grandson has become a philosopher. He's taken up philosophy. He has learned to ask the question, why? Why? But let me say it the way he says it. He doesn't say why, it's why. Why? I try that. One, two, three. Why? That's the way Elias does it. Let's not jump from the couch to the coffee table, sweetheart. Why? Well, how about if we not climb on the outside of the banister stairs? Why? We should share with sister. Why? Can I have some of that ice cream, Elias? There's no why there. It's just a flat no. Why? I don't think Elias Paul will ever stop asking that question. I I believe that why will follow him all the days of his life. It's a good question. Why? Forces us to make sense of our world. Why searches for a lens? To interpret and to explain our experiences. Why is a worldview question. And it's related to other questions like, who am I? What is my purpose? Where can I find happiness? Who is God? Where are we headed? Why? We come to this last Sunday of 2020. And like Elias... We take up the philosophical question, why? Why has there been so much sickness and death and national disunity? And at some point in time, you kind of even get beyond why to just how and how long. How long do we keep going? How long do we keep going in marriage? in parenting, in our challenges at work? How do we keep going when we get news from our doctor that we did not want to hear? How do we keep going when our jobs have been eliminated? Or how do we keep going when we have a job, but we're just not sure we've got the energy to do our job? Here is where Psalm 107 helps us. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn to the Old Testament book of the Psalms. It's right about in the middle of your Bible. If you'll just crack your Bible open to about the middle, you'll find the book of Psalms. And then I want us to consider Psalm 107 today. Oh, it's a wonderful passage of Scripture that answers the philosopher's question, why and how? 
And we'll consider the entire chapter, but I want us to read verses 1 through 3 and then verses 31 to 43. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from trouble and gathered in from the lands, from the east and from the west and from the north and from the south. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a desert, springs of water into thirsty ground, a fruitful land into a salty waste because of the evil of its inhabitants. He turns a desert into pools of water, a parched land into springs of water, and there he lets the hungry dwell, and they establish a city to live in. They sow fields and plant vineyards and get a fruitful yield. By his blessing, they multiply greatly, and he does not let their livestock diminish. When they are diminished and brought low through oppression, evil, and sorrow, he pours contempt on princes and makes them wander in trackless wastes. But he raises up the needy out of affliction and makes their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad and all wickedness shuts its mouth. Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. This is God's word. Psalm 107 is an invitation. The psalm invites us to immerse our why and our how into the wisdom of God. This psalm invites us to become lovers of wisdom. Philosophy, phila, love. Sophie, wisdom. Philosopher is a wisdom lover. And Psalm 107 answers the question, just who are the lovers of wisdom? And how is wisdom acquired for the why and the how? Verse 43 tells us, whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. Let them consider the steadfast Love of the Lord. So this psalm is about situating our why in God's steadfast love. Here's our big idea. A wise church. A wise church keeps score of God's steadfast love. There it is. A wise church considers. A wise church counts. A wise church keeps track, keeps score of God's steadfast love. Psalm 107 invites us to slow down, sit down, 
and reflect upon the steadfast love of the Lord. This psalm was originally sung by Israel upon their return from Babylonian exile. After a 70-year season of expulsion, loss, grief, and death, Israel is finally home. They've returned to Jerusalem. Some had been born in Israel, taken to Babylon, and died there. Others were born in Babylon, had never seen Israel until their return. Israel, this once arrogant nation, humbled, repentant, is now gathered. And um, Psalm 107 is the third psalm of a three-psalm bundle. Psalm 105, Psalm 106, and Psalm 107. They go together. And in Psalm 106, verse 47, the psalmist cries out, Save us, O Lord our God, and gather us from among the nations that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your praise. Well, God, in Psalm 107, finally has answered the request of Psalm 106. Psalm 107 is like an outer space odyssey. You know those movies. I've been watching a few of them. Uh, Like The Martian. Remember Matt Damon in The Martian? He's the uh, astronaut. Spoiler alert, he made it home. He's Matt Damon. (laughs) What? (laughs) And so at the end of the movie, on Earth, he's getting ready to teach this class at NASA. Remember that scene? It's on a quiet park bench. He's having some coffee. He sees a tender little plant growing at his feet. Effortlessly, it's growing. And he's thinking, you know what he's thinking. I couldn't get this thing to grow on Mars, but look at it now. He lived to make it home to see that little miracle. He made it this far. We've made it this far. And this psalm invites us to exercise the emotional intelligence to stop running errands and put away our to-do list and sit still so we can think about what's been going on lately. And I think for some of us, and I'll speak candidly for myself, I think it's easier for me to stay busy and run errands and make a never-ending to-do list because that way, you know, I don't have to stop and think too much because I may just break down if I do. And that would be the very best thing for me. To just sit still and step back and debrief over the stress and pressure of a grueling year 
in order to hear and see some real issues. And the real issue in Psalm 107 is learning to situate our why and our how in God's steadfast love. We've made it this far because of God's steadfast love. God's love has brought us to a place that we could never arrive on our own. And that's what we're being invited to consider in this introduction. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. God has gathered us from what? Every direction. Do you see that in verse 3? East, west, north, and from the south. And in fact, the psalm just outlines uh, what's to follow. Some wondered in desert wastes. Well, that's from the east. East of Israel was the desert wilderness. It doesn't take long to get lost out in the beaten path of the desert wilderness. And once lost, you can't find your way back home and panic sets in. We often say that we enjoy being close to God out in nature. And to an extent that's true. We see God's glories out in nature. And it also helps when we're close to water. And it also helps when we are appropriately clothed. And it also helps when we have provisions and supplies to return to once we are finished contemplating nature. But if you get lost in nature, nature's un unforgiving. Nature can be cruel to those who are not supplied. And from the east, wanderers couldn't find their way home. They had no Google Maps. There was no cell phone. Have you ever really been lost? I mean, lost, lost. And you, you can't find your way back. And there's this dread. And very quickly, once lost, especially out in the wilderness, you get hungry, you get thirsty, because it's desert. The dry, arid conditions dehydrate your body. You feel the pit and the panic in your stomach. Your soul faints. Verses 5 and 6, hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. And then they cried, God, I need help. They cried to the Lord in their trouble. And what did God do? He delivered them from their distress. Verse 7, he led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. A city. Oh, I mean, that's the only secure place when you're out there in the wilderness. A city has security. A city has walls. A city has gates. A city has supplies. A city has food and water and shelter and, oh, something else, community. People in person. We've learned how important in-person community is this year, haven't we? And so the psalmist says, let them thank the Lord. Let the wanderers who've been retrieved thank the Lord for his steadfast love. 
His wondrous works to the children of man. He satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul. He fills with good things. Thank you, God. The lost have been found. Any lost wanderers been found this year? Oh, but that's not all. Because that was just from the east. Now we go west. From the west, prisoners were released. In in the east, there was desert. And in the east, there's sunrise. But in the west, the sun sets. And what happens at sunset? Darkness. The darkness of prison. The shadow of death. Prisoners in affliction and in iron. Some sat in darkness. I read about a pastor in the United Kingdom just this week. He wrote these words. Here in the UK, it gets pretty dark pretty early. I went for a walk this afternoon, and it was dark before 4 p.m. It's pretty dark over here at the moment anyway. A new and more transmissible strain of COVID has been detected. It's spreading at an alarming rate with 36,000 more cases just that day. He said most of the UK is in the highest level of lockdown. Christmas has been canceled. A reporter on the news said tonight... On the darkest day of the year, people are looking for light. And then they turn to a story about Christmas lights. This pastor thought, Christmas lights? This is the answer? A twinkly artificial distraction to lift our spirits from all the gloom around us? And then the pastor, the pastor, uh, well, did what we pastors do. We wonder, you know, we wonder. We wonder the why and the how. We wonder if God has been at work slowly dismantling all of the artificial lights that we have put up around us. This pastor was wondering, is God removing all of the trivial things that distract us from the truth that without Jesus Christ we are truly all in darkness? A darkness that is much darker than we realize? A world of sin and death without hope and without God? See, that's what's going on here in in, in the West, from the West. And furthermore, it's a, it's, a, it's a prison of self-induced darkness. Look at verse 11. For they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. They were like the younger brother in Jesus' parable of the prodigal son. The young man said to his father, Give me my inheritance now while you are alive, which back then meant, Dad, I wish you were dead. I don't need you. And then he took his money, his inheritance, and he went to the far-off land. And for a while, it worked. For a while, until he ran out of resources. And then a famine hit. And then life became cruel. And then verse 12 says, He bowed their hearts. God bowed Israel's hearts down with hard labor. They fell down with none to help. The wanderers in the desert became prisoners in the darkness 
who then cried out to the Lord. Verse 13, he cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He delivered them from their distress. God brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death and burst their bonds apart. So then they praise, don't they? Verse 15, let, let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love and for his wondrous works to the children of man. He shattered the doors of bronze. He cuts into the bars of iron. Oh my goodness, from the east, from the west. Oh, wait a minute. What about the north? Let's go north. Remember who invaded Israel from the north? It was Babylon, right? And why did Babylon invade? Verse 17. Some were fools through their sinful ways and because of their iniquities suffered affliction. Please don't read this verse too quickly. Somehow, some way, sin reduces every human being who's ever taken a breath to a fool. A fool has the world inside out and upside down. A fool sees the world in reverse. A fool thinks that things are true when they're not true. A fool mistakes foolishness for wisdom. And a fool overestimates himself. A fool thinks that he can do things that he has no ability to do. And a fool is more concerned about someone else's sin more than his own. And ultimately, a fool does this horrible thing. A fool denies the existence of God. And he may not outright say that, but he denies God by making himself God. He's a functional atheist, and the result is a diseased soul. Verses 17 and 18 contain the language of disease and sickness. Verse 17, Israel suffered affliction. They could not eat. You have to eat or you're going to die. But what did they do? They cried out to the Lord, look. And he delivered them. And he sent out his word to heal them. In their sickness, they cried out to God and God gave his medicinal word and they were healed. Even in Babylon, Israel cried out. And even in Babylon, Israel was not Beyond God's reach. God's word is never far from the heart that cries out to him. Is that not good news? Let them thank the Lord for this. East, west, north. And this is an interesting word from the south. The commentators that I studied said that... Uh, the word south is used to kind of round out the east, west, north, south. But actually, literally, uh, the Old Testament comes to us by way of the Hebrew language, and the word is literally overseas. Overseas. So from the east, from the west, from the north, and from overseas. And you can see the imagery of the ocean and the storm tossed there in verses 23. Some went down to the sea in ships doing business on the great waters. Israel really didn't have a navy. To them, the sea was chaotic and unpredictable and Verse 27 says, they reeled and staggered like drunken men who were at their wits' end. Doesn't that remind you of Jonah? And then verses 28 and 29, then they cried out to the Lord. He delivered them. 
Verse 29 says, he made the storm be still. Doesn't that remind you of Jesus calming the storm in Mark 1? Oh yes, again. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love. For his wondrous works to the children of man. So east, west, north, south, overseas, underseas, anywhere. From You hear what the psalmist is saying? From every direction, God has gathered us. From every direction. We have different stories in this room. In this room, God has gathered us to one place. From lostness in the desert to chaos at sea, God has brought us together. From self-inflicted wounds of our own stubborn spirits to Babylonian exile from our own folly, God has brought us here. Four directions Four cries for help. Four responses from God. And listen, each response is the same no matter the direction. Is that not the grace of God or what? And we are wisest and at our best when in unison we proclaim, let them thank the Lord. For his steadfast love. God, we've come this far because you've brought us this far. How do we keep going? God's steadfast love keeps us going. Let let the redeemed of the Lord say so. You are the God who turns rivers into deserts and deserts into springs of water. Verse 36. You are the God who makes cities appear out of nowhere so that we can flourish God can bring a city in the middle of a desert so that, so that the desert can become a garden. This is our God. We worship the God who humbles the proud and arrogant. And we worship a God who lifts the lowly and afflicted. And we worship a God who, in verses 41 and 42... God will raise up the needy out of affliction and make their families like flocks. The upright see it and are glad and all wickedness shuts its mouth. One day, God will finalize and culminate the destruction of all evil. What I'm saying is that, church family, hear me. Evil has an expiration date. Uh, in, In the book of Revelation, The city of Babylon represents this evil world system. And in Revelation chapter 18, Babylon falls. And in Revelation 19, all heaven rejoices at the fall of Babylon because Babylon represents the evil world system. All heaven rejoices and so should we. It is never reckless to rejoice at the ruin of evil. The evil that caused countless sins against you. The evil that caused you to commit countless sins against God and others. According to Revelation 19, when the world's evil system finally falls into ruin, heaven leaps with joy. Evil has an expiration date. And the God who gathers in Psalm 107... 
is the God who gathers all of the nations in Revelation from every tongue and tribe and nation and land and people into one people forever worshiping him together. I mean, we're wise when we attend to these things. We're wise when we consider and count and keep track of the steadfast love of God. A wise church keeps score of God's steadfast love. Don't keep score of someone else's sins. Instead, keep score of God's steadfast love. That's how to become wise. Anybody want to be wise? Okay, three lessons, and then I'm going to pray. Three lessons from Psalm 107. Lesson number one, life is hard. Life is hard. 2020 has shown us that this is a rock-hard, sinful, broken world. When, When we experience calamities from diseases, when we experience tragedies from climate, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes when we experience devastation from human sin. It's chaos stems from the brokenness of this world, and that brokenness goes back to the fall of Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And the calamities that we read about in these four scenes of Psalm 107 are not just accidental episodes in human lives. Rather, they are evidence of a brokenness that will one day be repaired And it's also clear that some of that brokenness is due to our own stubbornness and sin. Sometimes we suffer in a general way because of how fallen our world is. And sometimes we suffer specifically because we want to be God. And I want you to understand that this brokenness of our world will still be manifest in 2021. I think some of us are really hoping that at the stroke of midnight on January 1st, all disease... We'll just melt away, and we'll get up, and it'll be. And you know what? Pray to that end. <laughs> okay, please, pray to that end. But I'm telling you, ultimately, our health and well-being won't come until Christ returns. Until then, life is hard, and we can't fix it on our own. That's lesson number one. Life is hard. Lesson number two is this. We are clay. In other words, we're weak, we're frail, we're we're vulnerable. If if we stray too far off the path, we're going to find ourselves lost. And then lost people get hungry, and then hungry people get thirsty, and then we become unable to return home on our own. Why why is it that we think we're the exception to that? I mean, but we're not. If we stray too far into the sea, the vast and mighty ocean will swallow us up and we'll be at our wit's end. And some of us are lost at sea and others of us are pirates at sea. And we've gone off on our own with no reference to God. We've we've thumbed our noses at him. We've undermined his authority. We've plundered his possessions and belittled his glory. We've not been neutral toward God. We've been his enemies. And if we could just stop and reflect about that for a moment. How is a clay vessel going to stand up against the omnipotent God of the universe? Much less the chaos of life. (laughs) Let me tell you what I have learned this year. 
When your shoulder blade collides with a concrete sidewalk, the crack you hear is not the sidewalk. <laughs> Life is hard. We are clay. God is love. God is love. In 1 Corinthians 13, all month we've been talking about the fact that God, God's love is active. 15 present tense action-oriented verbs. In Christ, love came down. And, and through the cross, Jesus' love found us when we were lost. And through the cross, Jesus' light shined on the darkness of our self-induced imprisonment. And that darkness has not overcome the light of the cross. And through the cross, Jesus took my place. And through the cross, Jesus, the ultimate Jonah, stilled my storm at sea. Oh, yes. Life is hard. We are clay. Jesus is God's love. And verse 6, he delivered. Verse 7, he led. Verse 14, he brought out of darkness and burst chains. Verse 20, he sent his word out and healed us. Verses 29 and 30, his love stilled our storm. His love turns deserts. His love has turned our, our parched, dry heart into a heart of flesh, a heart that beats, a heart that loves. His love humbles the proud and lifts the lowly. A wise church keeps score of God's steadfast love. Listen, God scored last week. You know that? God scored last week. God, through last week's special offering, gave Windsor Road uh, approximately $19,000. All of the money has not um, come in yet just because of the processing that takes place through your online giving. But, but let me tell you, God, through last week's special offering, gave Windsor Road uh, approximately $19,000. Half of that will go to Living Alternatives, a pregnancy resource center, and the other half to Berean Covenant Church to help the congregation reach out to the homeless in our community. And I was privileged to take a check of a little over $9,000 over to Pastor Willie Comer, and uh, he just bubbled with joy. Look at the bus. Look at the, the goods here that have been distributed to the homeless by our brothers and sisters in Christ at Berean Covenant Church. This, this is God's steadfast love. He raises the needy out of their affliction and makes their families like flocks. He gathers us from every direction so that with one voice in his city, we would extol him in the congregation and praise him in the assembly. Amen? Whoever is wise, let him attend to these things. 
Let them consider the steadfast love of the Lord. Amen.